hello and welcome to another Bertie and Paul podcast. I'm delighted to be joined in this lovely mild Friday night in Dublin by Mikey Dahl. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks Paul. Nice to speak to you at last. Yeah, our paths didn't, didn't join up this week with the... I think the Champions League sort of takes, takes it out of me a wee bit. So yeah, sort of, we sort of tripped over each other, but I'm delighted to be talking to you tonight. It's good. It's good. So... Uh, I spent all day, well, spent all day working and stuff like that, but I was listening to the Coculo, uh interviews and Carter Vickers and maybe changing, not changing my viewpoint, but maybe mellowing since my one with Hendo. But, um, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, what, did you listen to the one with Hendo? What's your, what's your sort of fresh thoughts? On the, yeah. forget, we'll talk about Rangers for a laugh but later on, but what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think then? Never mind my thoughts. I, I mean, like, it's probably the first time I've started to like this is post Wednesday night or post Tuesday night, whatever night it was. It's maybe the first time I've started to have some doubts about whether Postecoglou is going to be the man for us. Like, yeah, I, I totally take on board what he was, you know, what he's saying about you keep on, you know, you keep on going at this level, and eventually you get better. But then I'm sort of thinking, you know, is the whole Einstein Einstein definition of insanity? Do you know what I mean? It's like doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. So kind of I was more towards that sort of viewpoint that this is just mad to keep on playing like this at this level. And the thing is, like, I, I was, you know, I was trying to tell myself that there had been progress from last year in Europe and I don't think there has been I mean we were against RB Leipzig you know we were you know ultimately we competed well for a bit and lost and against Leverkusen last year ultimately we we competed well for a bit and lost so I'm not seeing I'm not really seeing any progress in you like that that's we kind of plateaued we're flatlined like I've not really seen a, a big leap on that makes me think, oh yeah, well next season, you know, like we're nearly there, and you know, it, there's just few different things need to follow for us. That that was my kind of that was my that was my feeling kind of Wednesday Thursday. Um, I, I think like I still obviously, I think Postecoglou was a good manager domestically, and I think he's going to bring us into the 21st century as a club. And hopefully, you know, get us qualifying for the Champions League. Um, you know, three or four years in a row. That that would that's but that that wasn't the ceiling of my expectation for him. Like this time last year, or when we finished last season. You know, I was kind of I was thinking he could make us a Champions League club and he could kind of make us compete. But I don't know. I yeah, I'm not. I'm not as confident about that now. I don't think. Oh, I don't see next season as a. You know, let's say I don't see next season or even the season after us making making those those bridges in in the quality gap. So, so see, yeah. Is it? Is it gonna, like so? Like again, I'm like I'm. If you look at it, what the the strap line is. It's our first time in the Champions League. We are a new club. We don't have the history of three or four years of like the Belgian teams or whatever teams are doing well now. So we take the knowledge, we go back, and we the players understand and get more knowledgeable in these situations, and then become a better club as the years go on in the Champions League. So that's really, that's really. I think he said in the interview, nobody said that we don't deserve to be here. Which is fair enough. Yeah. But nobody's ever. Everybody talks about the chances that we missed. Now, I understand that as well. But I think they're missing a little bit. Or maybe we are looking at it too. Or maybe we're spoiled as Celtic fans, maybe. I don't know. Like, I mean, if you look at it. So, I mean, I can look at that. I can analyse it and think what's missing. I can know what's kind of missing. But I'm just wondering, does Kyoko, how much level does he need to lift in until next year to get three or four goals in the Champions League? 
playing the strategy game plan that we're playing. How much level does Maeda need to lift to get a just a wee bit of composure in the box to score a goal? Yeah. But Hendel was sort of saying that that world is just pressure because of where you are. But also as well, you've noticed the way they talk about the Champions League, it's the biggest league, it's the biggest cup game in the world, it's the biggest level in the world. And we've not been at that level. But then, as you said, like, did we not play a good German team last year? Did they not? I don't know, when you go, when you go with that thought. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's what I mean. Like, we, we did. We played probably Leverkusen, who I'd imagine were probably higher. They're third in the, the league, Bundes- second or yeah. third in the league at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And Leipzig aren't, aren't at that level in the Bundesliga. And yeah, I don't, I just don't see that there was that much progress from last season to this season. And that's with those, you know, with those new Japanese players. I thought we, yeah, I mean, who was playing against Leverkusen? You know, wouldn't, I mean, uh, Hatati wouldn't have been playing. I don't know what the team would have been, but, you know, it's just, yeah. And the, the things that I thought, the, the way we were going to improve this year, like, I, I thought, oh, we'll, we'll cut out some of the stupid goals that, that like, we conceded against Betts away and, and Leverkusen at home in the Europa League. They'll, they'll you know, we'll, we'll stop conceding those kind of stupid goals. And, and in a way, I guess we have. We have, you know, we haven't shipped as many goals, but I didn't. The, the one thing about a Postecoglou's team that I just thought was kind of a given was that we we would score goals. So I'm like, all right. So now at this level, we just we can't score goals. That that's not an easy fix. That's the hardest thing to do in football. How? But without really upping the quality, like is is Kyogo ever going to be the player that is going to score three or four goals in the Champions League group stage? But here's the thing. But here's the thing. But the whole, the whole, the whole strap line is about us as a group of players will get better next season because we've had these experiences. Mm. Now, I'm not hearing. I'm, I'm slightly hearing a wee bit from Anson about. But actually, I think the group of players are good enough. But I think if we play at that tempo all the time and the system we're playing in, that is more of a hindrance at that level from a club our size at the moment than an advantage. I think that the players uh, that, could do better in Europe if if we changed tax slightly and, and, and maybe just rolled ourselves into a game, played a wee bit differently. And and I'm I'm probably coming to agree with you on that, and that's why that's why I mean I'm I'm reassessing the ceiling that and you know there is a ceiling I think where Postecoglou at this level the way that he wants to play football, um, and if if he really isn't going to change, then you know I'm I'm you know it's going to I think he he will be good for us as a club, but. I can't ever see him. Like I just, I can't see those players, that system. I, I can't see there being a dramatically different set of results just because we've been, we're there every year. And I'm only, obviously, we are early in the pro, early into the project. But try to say what happened last year in the Europa League, what happened this year in the Champions League. Well, if we make, if you could make an argument, maybe we've made a five, ten percent. Uh, improvement one season to the next. Well, a five ten percent improvement into next year is not going to significantly shift what happens to us in the Champions League, in my opinion. Um, so that that's kind of that's where I am. But you know, if he gets us into the Champions League for three or four seasons, because he's right, we've totally underperformed in the last five years. You know, we haven't we haven't been there enough. So it is an achievement in itself to be getting there. Um, and you know maybe like people are using this Club Bruges example but you know they have taken some scuddings the last few years and funnily enough they changed coaches this year and got someone else in so and now they're now they've qualified you know pretty much top of their group 10 points after four games so yeah I mean I suppose I'm just more I'm enjoying the 
Uh, what I'm going to try and just refocus on is the fact that, you know, I'm, he'll get us hopefully to a level where we're consistently qualifying for it, qualifying us for it. I don't think that approach is ever going to get you a Champions League group unless you get really lucky and get, you know, a kind of freak easy group. Um, okay, so, so let's talk yeah. about the approach then. Okay, so again, you're sensible. <laughs> I can't believe I met Stephen, one of the football coaches, and he's like, Mikey Dell knows his stuff about football. I was like, you're kidding me on that, I mean. Anyway, that, Mikey, that, apparently people think you know a lot about football, so I'm just jealous of you. But the approach then, okay, so let's, let's, Paul, let's play Paul the full. If you make Maeda and Jota and Kyogo chase after defenders for 45 minutes, what do we get from that? There you go. There's an economist. There's an economist question for you. If you dig a hole and keep digging for forty-five minutes, does that? Would it, you get a hole? You get something at the end of it. If you chase defenders for forty-five minutes at this elite level, what we talk about, what do you get from it? What do you get from well, it? No, you, I mean, in theory, you <coughs> you get you get a couple of goals because you've you've hassled and harried top level defenders, and your your striker is taking the chances when he's get when it, when they're presented to them. So I know what you get theoretically, but at this level, as you say, I don't think we are going to get what we would get in the SPL from that. And you know we're kind of back in that loop of well, he isn't going to change. Fine. Well, I don't think you know. I'm more on the side of well, the results aren't going to change then. Um, that's the point. Like the point is, and so that that okay. So we take that. We take the forward line then. So you run the forward line at the ground, and then when they get the chance, they can't focus enough to score. Yeah. That's my sort of looking at it. But I mean, again, I could be wrong. And then you run the midfield at the ground. And then you run the defenders on the ground, and then we always lose goals at seventy minutes because they can't see properly. Yeah. No, I don't. I, like that's what I mean. It, it is. It's just not. I, I feel like it's not the right approach now for to have any kind of progress in the Champions League. But that's once you're in the Champions League, I have to admit that I was getting to the Champions League for two or three seasons in a row. And, you know, it will stand us as a club in good stead and for these players. I don't think it's going to mean Postacoglu's necessarily going to get different results from us. So, yeah, I don't know. That's my that, that, that's my kind of pessimistic view of it. But, yeah. I'm, but I did, I did listen to his press conference today and I was like, you know, the players, they sound... Yeah, they, they do sound... Like everyone's still bought into what he's saying, but yeah, unless he changes, how how long until you know they don't buy it? We are just there to make up the numbers, basically. That's the but worry. Here's the, but here's the thing, Mikey. I'm going to say so. I'm going to say something here. Or was it? Was it the guy that just for? I'm going to play devil's advocate here. We didn't get into the Champions League, did we? We didn't do the Brendan Rodgers route or the the Ronnie Dyler route. Neil Lennon, look, we were given the Champions League board. Yeah, but we didn't. But, I mean, the thing is, we only we've only played four games in Europe this year. We had a pure rest in the summer. So when Angie says the club get into the Champions League, we got there through. Dare I say it, Rangers doing what they were doing. So yeah, should, we, should we not be better prepared for? The, the eventuality of having these four super competitive games that we've had and have a bit more bit more of a pragmatic approach notwithstanding the fact that Angie wants to play relentless football which is nonsense and it doesn't work because we don't play it at that level again that level but the fact of the matter is surely we should be better prepared as a club to understand that we can't play like that all the time against elite clubs. No. Um. Well, what I mean, what are you suggesting that someone at the boat on the board kind of pulls him aside and says, "Yeah, 
Well, but that's does that not happen in your business? No. You've got a, you've got Celtic. We, we build a stadium. We put on all these shows. We get light shows. We we bring the biggest clubs in the world to Celtic Park. And do we not just have to acknowledge it? We just say, okay, we might need to deal with this European experience a bit better than um, what we're what what we're currently doing because. I mean, you look, I mean, look. Okay, so look at Rangers then. Okay, so we all have a laugh at the the tears of the tears in Ibrox or the empty seats. But the fact of the matter is, they've taken a shell club, made a new name up, and carried on that it was the same team. But Rangers of old would never have allowed that to happen because they had identity and a rooted, for better or for worse, identity in the way they played and the way Ibrox was a hard place to go to. And they would have fought. They did fight, like you know, what I mean for all that sort of carry on now they're a shell and blah 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 but, but Celtic I don't know okay maybe I'm wrong maybe football managers get full autonomy and nothing happens but I don't think it does happen I think Spurs have discussions Man United have discussions with their managers uh, Conte definitely who's pushing back to Spurs because they were having too much influence but definitely when it comes to a European game which they keep telling us it's elite level. Surely we can't just take the framework of what we're doing at Celtic on a Saturday or Sunday and put it fully into the into the glare of Champions League football. I don't know. Well, maybe I mean, okay, we take our chances, we win the games, and I get that as well. But I just it feels as if we're we're tiring ourselves out for no real reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ungrateful. No, 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 no. I'm not ungrateful. No, but like I say, I think if you, you know, some the board, whoever you know, whether that's Dermot Desmond or actually the board, I think that they are going to. They're going to be happy that we're in the Champions League first and foremost. For the if we can get in the Champions League for the next two or three years, they'll be happy. If after three or four years we're still getting scudded and still playing that way, then yeah, I think you do go and have a, a question mark for them. But I think they'll, you know, I'd certainly hope that they are looking at it more strategically and be like, well, you know, we haven't, we've underachieved in Europe for so many years. Getting there is an achievement. Uh, that I think that's what they'll be looking at, and and you know I'm also I guess happy with that as well. I mean you know I don't go to the games. I mean ultimately, it's you know as it a big it's really exciting to get to the Champions League and do the draws and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's tough, man. It's real tough. No, it is tough. It is tough, but the reality of it is, well, you kind of need to be in there to get some extra cash, especially if you're Scottish clubs. Um, and you, you almost just have to use it to, you know, to, to bank what, the money. To do what? Like, yeah, so here's the thing, right? So Celtic are playing. What top elite football? So Ange said our, our running stats were off the charts. The fitness was off the charts on Wednesday. What top class football player wants to come at Celtic Park and run about for 90 minutes like his head's on fire? You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's better options for you out there. Yeah, but then you know, then it comes down to the players. You know, I mean, all the players say they love playing this way. So, you know, that I can only take them at face value there. You know, now, how long does it last? Do you still feel like that after three seasons of this? Maybe not. But mm-hmm. that's what, that's what I mean. Like I'm, I'm happy that in the background as a club, you know, that the things are I hear and see about the B team and how how you know we're trying to develop pathways for the B team or try to get the B team to play the same style as the you know the first team and get players that are going to be ready to play in that style if you know if they're old enough all of that sort of stuff which you kind of think should be happening anyway wasn't happening at Celtic Postacoglu is at least bringing us into the 21st century and in that respect and trying to you know look to the long term so I think for all of that from for all the I know it's about results on the pitch, but I, yeah, I, I just you know I, I think I suppose what I'm saying is ultimately I do feel at the Champions League level it's going to be a failed experiment or just at European football level 
it's going to be a failed experiment. But there will be benefits to the club through consistent, hopefully, I mean, this is all predicated on us consistently getting to the Champions League. And, you know, we will be in a better place after it. But, yeah, yeah, it is going to be like, like you know, if we do get into the Champions League three or four seasons in a row, I think by season three you might you might be back behind the couch going, oh, I've seen this movie before. Oh, okay. Which is really frustrating. But so let's maybe look at it differently then. Maybe we get to season three and he has four or five young Scots boys, players, 18, 19 year olds, they can run all day and play that type of football. And maybe that's what happens. Maybe he gets his own mini Lisbon Lions, his mini quality street gang that comes through the system and can do what he wants them to do to the 80 minutes or whatever, you know what I mean? Then the subs come in and he maybe learns not to sub people at 70 minutes. And maybe he learns that. Because, I mean, I know a lot of people talk about the fine margins, but not really. There's not really much fine margins now. It's just, like, just do things properly and do it right. And you get the results, especially it's substitutions and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe that's what happens. Maybe we bring through a tranche of players that we can we can play at that level and yeah. at that intensity. I I, I think because I think Glakimakis can play at that level. I think Hugo can play at that level, but not at that tempo that we're asking them to play at. Like if you look at Inter Milan Barcelona, right? So you know what I'm like with my crazy one-off stories, but. Inter Milan, Barcelona. The goalie gets the ball. It's eighty-eight minutes. You might, did you see it on YouTube? Did you watch it? Some of it. No, I didn't. The goalie no, picks crazy. up the ball. Musa Dembele's just going bananas. Uh, he's just playing so well, and whatever the scoreline is, two all, and, and they're pushing. Lewandowski scoring at the games. It's eighty-eight minutes, and your man Nandor, he picks up the ball. He breaks up the attack he's got the ball in his hands and he pauses just pauses just for that second right looks up sees that the Barcelona players are not tracking back they've just lost it he hits a long ball to the striker striker takes a touch pass, takes a touch puts it on his right foot knocks it through and you're in, in the score straight away guy hits it and gets left foot and crosses the goalkeeper in the back of the net 2-1 Three three two at the new camp, place go and at Milan go bananas, all the subs run on. Now, that passage of play doesn't happen under Poster Coglu. Because the goalkeeper steps and takes a, 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 a pause and Joe Hart just runs about and throws the ball out like straight away. He hardly pauses. And that long ball through, which we've actually got the players to capable of doing that in the Champions League. That ball just doesn't happen as much, you know? If any, yeah. if at all. Which means that we're missing a whole chance of scoring goals or giving us an opportunity. But Inter Milan, a weakened Inter Milan against Barcelona, are able to punt the ball 50, 60 yards up to their one striker. He knocks it through and the guys score. And they're celebrating 3-2. Inter Milan, with all their European history, and their 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 uh, Scudetto stuff, mm-hmm. and they can do it, but we can't do it. I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't maybe know. I mean you know, and then then it's up to Postecoglou. You know, if he does, I mean, because I do think that, like you say, that we've got a style there that actually could be quite suited to to implement that kind of football. If you, you know, if you you just thought about something a little bit differently, and you know. M- Maybe Costa Coglu will, hopefully after, you know, this Champions League group phase, kind of be able to sit back and assess that a bit better. Um, and he maybe he will change, you know, as much as he says he isn't going to change, maybe maybe he will. I mean, I have been finding these kind of team selections and um, subs a bit strange, you know. He's got so many kind of holding midfielders, but he plays Matt O'Reilly as the whole. You know what yeah, I mean? I it's like, that was a bit weird. What are you doing? You know, you've got that the Danish boy. You've got James McCarthy, who you know presumably give you know you're keeping around because you think he can offer something. And then you've got Aaron Moy, all of whom I could be missing some. We got Eddie Gucci, but I think he's out. 
out injured, all those players can kind of play, can can play the you know the deep line midfielder, and yeah, you just you don't even kind of consider any of them as options. So I, I don't know, like it's you know he's going on about a squad, but then he is making I think some strange positional choices and then some strange substitute choices. So so yeah, I mean the hope I mean. On the positive aspect from Postacoglu as our manager, um, maybe he will learn things like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, just play players in their proper positions. But, but also, yeah. I mean, the opportunity to... I mean, you talk about like the summer transfer budget and what we had and what we could have done. I, mean, I think Moy's pretty good and stuff for that. Maybe the guy from Russia that came over, Oliver, maybe he gets fit. I just think we missed a few tricks for definite. I think we missed a few. Definitely, when I again the midfield, just the, the Champions League. Even, okay, so even if you run the players like you do, you run them at the ground. I still think we should have better options in the bench. Yeah. Also, as well, like he talks about our our our, our injuries coming in groups and clumps and stuff like that. Maybe that is a, a case for the defence, but I definitely think we were. We're light in that area. Because if, if you want to do what you want to do, Mikey, well, if you want to, if I want Mikey to work eight to eight every single day and work you on the ground, then I need backup because that's what I want you to work as. So if Buster Cogley, Cogley wants uh, Callum McGregor to go hell for Lella in every single game of football, you have to have a second Callum McGregor there because you should know that you can't keep running. Callum McGregor on the ground because it's going to fall apart and that's essentially what's happened because we don't get allowed to take the foot off the gas and, and that's kind of the argument I was making this summer we need to get better midfield players and they're like yeah we've got cover in the midfield player but actually I don't think we do have cover really for that one position and as a club but, but, I think well, maybe but we that's my point like, we haven't really tried anyone have we I mean do you know James McCarthy surely can play that position like take a touch in the midfield and find a little bit of space and just... Because there was one passage of play on Wednesday night, or Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday night, where, you know, Matt O'Reilly, to his credit, instead of just going, you know, bananas and going straight up the park and probably running into one of their midfielders, he did take a touch and make a little bit of space and allowed... You know, this is when we were in the transition, as they say, and we were going from defence into attack. And that did, just that extra touch, that extra, um, you know, move to the side did actually allow more of our players to, you know, get up the pitch a little bit. So even, you know, it it, kind of makes sense, I think. Even he doesn't seem to, you know, he doesn't seem to play players like that that want to take an extra touch in the midfield. But I actually think when you're in a Champions League game, there's a benefit to having just like, one player like James McCarthy as an example would just be there and like okay I can actually take a touch here in the transition phase and, and let actually let our players get up the pitch because what's happening is we're trying to break so quickly that we're just losing the ball again and then it's okay we're back do you know what I mean like there isn't mm-hmm. anyone in that that sitting midfielder position that's able to take the touch so it's it and those are those are little changes that he can make but he hasn't looked as if he wants to make those changes so and see that second goal we conceded I watched that again that's a shocker yeah but did you notice I mean you know the the guy that scores Forsberg I mean it probably is Matt O'Reilly's man right but he is like it's 84 minutes and Matt O'Reilly is blowing out his backside because that's the point but the point is you don't you can't do that you can't have no, defense. No, you can't have midfield players that are so tired that they can't track back. If you're relying on them to track back, yeah, but but that was the point though. The, the person the the person that is jogging at a slower pace than Matt O'Reilly that could have yeah. that could was seeing the game and could have just sprinted in and got closer to Forsberg was David Turnbull, and he just come on at seventy minutes, yeah. and he just jogs back. Like watch it again, and it's little things like that. It's like, well, what is David Turnbull even in our squad for? Why is he coming on in a Champions League game? Because if he's only been on for 15 minutes and he can't see that Matt O'Reilly's gassed, he's literally standing right beside him. He can't see that, that all right, if I, if I just speed up and like run 
as fast as I can here. I can actually get back and put a block on fault. Do you know what I mean? It's, th- it's things like that. It's like the is, and also as well as like it, the instructions off the bench. Like, like we, I, you know that guy you're talking about. He's got a big blonde ponytail. He's sticking it like a sore thumb. He's running riot. So get somebody off the bench and stick him on him. Yeah. I keep I keep going to Tommy McLean here. I keep I don't know why I keep going to Tommy McLean and Jim McLean. Like, what's happened to these Scottish teams that can just stop this nonsense? Yeah. Like, take him and don't take him out, but stop. He ran the whole length of the pitch against Celtic, and we all watched him. I'm like, he's like a bad Emmanuel Petit ran through our defence. I'm like, and we made him look a mate like Tino Werner. He would look like Pele doing that to. I mean, it was it's so much time. I think, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I am a dinosaur. I probably am a dinosaur at that stage. But surely he's just sends somebody on to sort that boy out. Yeah, that, that not in a nice way, but in a, yeah. a, a proper football and sporting challenge. Instead of just letting him, still as you say, free to do it, free, free to pick his goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, bring one of the two holding midfielders off the bench and say and say that uh, yeah, it is it's little tactical things like that. Like, do you know what? Why can you just come on and your principal your principal role here is to is to track that boy because he's he's like he's a live wire and he's just coming on to pick us off because we're so tired. Stop him doing that, would you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is it, it's quite it's quite frustrating. And then you know the, the other thing about us not making that much progress is. I, you do start to look at some of the squad and think you will make it like this isn't your level David Turnbull being one of them um, yeah I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed you saying that because I, you know what I'm like I'm like I thought Turnbull was coming on to something really really good but then I, I don't have any examples now for you now in the last six weeks to counter you with yeah by the way Mikey look what he did then so I don't yeah. have anything to counter you with I'm not last sure. season I did I'm not sure Kyogo's a champion. You know, I've been. I can't believe how many chances he's missed in the Champions League. Like, that's you're killing me, Mike. You're killing me here. You're killing no, me. I'm killing, I'm killing myself because I was going <laughs> into the Champions League this year thinking this is this is Kyogo's up. You know, I, okay, Jota can be a wee bit annoying and you know wasteful for the ball, but you know he's had one chance and he's taken it. Do you know what I mean? He's he's looked. He's looked a decent player in some, you know, in other passages of play, particularly against Shakhtar. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Kyogo, but I don't know. Like, that's, he needs a help. You know, he needs he needs help. I mean, Clackamarcus looks so much better in Europe. He just looks like an adult in the football pitch. But if you put both of them together, maybe they could work off each other. I was like, calling for that on Tuesday. I wanted Kyogo because he had, you know, he can play on the right, Kyogo. And with Jota, with Jota out, I thought, you can play him on the right. Maida is actually better on the left. I know, you know, he maybe didn't look at it on Tuesday. But I get, I totally get why Costa Colo likes having Maida in his team. Because he's very good defensively, you know, just tracking, tracking down that side. I mean, look, the left-hand side from our perspective was a lot better. The other night, it was the right hand, our right hand side with Juranovic that, that was more of a problem. Um, so I, yeah, again, little things, you know, little things like that. If you've got maybe that is a better position for him in the Champions League, Kyogo out in the right, and you get Jackamakis up front, you know. Well, look, why not just play two up front and drop or somebody back that. in the middle of the park? Did you not hear what I was saying? With Hendo's like it's pretty lonely being a Celtic midfield player where there's only a couple of years kicking about. I mean the modern day midfield teams modern day midfield teams that don't have exceptional players to play in those positions always like another player in there. Like they they, they, they seem to like that type of that t- different types of uh, stages in the game. But we don't have well, sorry, we do have our left backs and right backs, but they're not doing that. I mean, I know Hendel said they are doing it, but I, I, I'm struggling to see them do that inverted left right back role. Taylor does, though. I mean, a couple of the good opportunities we had the other night was like Taylor playing that inside ball. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it worked against Kilmarnock, scored a great goal when he played that pass to 
Well, you don't know, but he, he actually came off a couple of times. He was able to. I know, but uh, not, he, not he, he was being an extra midfielder, but I don't, I don't. Juranovic doesn't do it that much. I, I will admit. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's actually, it's actually a, an interesting. It's an interesting examination of your manager when you play the same team. Twice. Game of drift. Like so, for instance, yeah. Geo. Geo stopped it for forty-five minutes. He stopped Liverpool. Whatever he did, Arfield scores and Liverpool, are, and then Golson gets injured. But Liverpool are not liking it. Rangers are playing longer balls. They're stopping. They're getting the second ball. They're competing. They're getting closer to the man. So for that forty-five minutes and one hundred and eighty minutes, Rangers got something right, and then Golson gets injured, and then they unravel. You know what I mean, like a toilet roll falling down the stairs. You know what I mean, but the point of the matter is that we went back in with the same knife to the same fight and kept prodding away with the knife, and they kind of just went, "Okay, we've seen this before, right? Just wait until they're a bit tired, and bang, bang, right? Okay, bye, guys. Did that? Is that? So that's 180 minutes examination against." the 10th team in Germany and we don't change anything except yeah, the personnel yeah and that yeah and it is it's a, it is an examination of him and he hasn't he hasn't passed it so you know that, that's what I mean like he needs to he needs to change or we just need to accept that he's going to take us you know to a certain level but it, it's not not bad if we can keep on winning the, the Scottish League um, but maybe he creates a platform for Someone else to come in and actually have some tangible success at that level. Um, but you not? But you, but you not? Like he's very kind of. What's the call just now? He's very sort of like he's getting a bit like annoyed slightly with the interviewers, and he's getting his back up and all that, right? And I get that. I like seeing that from. And I think he he's too generous with his time. And he's doing like mad interviews with like tons of people. And maybe maybe he likes his profile a bit more than we maybe kid on that he does. We kind of think he's not like Brendan Rodgers, but he does quite like his profile. Does does Angie does a hell of a lot of interviews? But would you not maybe in your quieter moments just think if I just change this slightly, I could get, I could do something here. You know what I mean? Like I could really impact. Because let, let's not forget it. If Postecoglou was offered the lightsib job a couple of years ago, he'd have jumped at the chance at it. And they were a top two, top three. Now they're not. You know what I mean? Like. Like, if Posse Coughlin had taken that job, he was 11th or 12th in the German League, would we be talking about, talking about him as a possible Celtic manager? Probably not. You get my drift. Like, yeah. So you have to look at it and look, see, wait, these are the challenges you have. Now, the challenge is can you get Celtic into the latter stages of the European football? And that really is his challenge. Or yeah. maybe it's not. Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not a challenge. He's challenged to win the league and do what he does. I mean, there's Neil Lennon doing whatever he's doing and stuff like that. So maybe it isn't. Maybe I just look at it generally Celtic from a European perspective, and I just think we could do better. But maybe you're right. Maybe we need stability. And uh, I don't. I don't know. I just. I just. The Champions League. The last two games have just driven the Joe Hart thing. Nearly just the Joe Hart pass. I just was it was at a low point in my footballing my footballing watching of Glasgow Celtic. A very low point. It was just it was shocking. It was shocking in so many fronts. All the preparation, all the money spent, all the all the time we talk about Celtic, all those fans going out to watch the football game, all that stuff, and that's happens at that at, at that level, at that time, at that moment was unforgivable for me at that from that experience type of player I just couldn't I've tried not to talk about it but I was just like this is just rubbish this is just they're fooling us here you know what I mean but we did I mean we did before we spoke about us like at the start of the season before we got into the Champions League I do remember us saying on this 
that we'll definitely lose a silly goal because Joe Hart gets lobbed or something like that. So <laughs> I don't like being right, mate. It's not. This isn't the Paul's right podcast. This is the. I don't like this. I I, I just was like to Joshua. I was like, you're kidding me on. Like maybe I'm getting angry as I get older, but it's just like, why? What? <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to legislate for systems that have got mass. It's like. So, Mike, you ever, you ever, you ever, I mean, I'm a big Star Wars fan, right? So, you ever watch uh, Robot Chicken? So, Robot Chicken's like Darth Vader's like, so the, the Empire said to, the Empire said to Darth Vader, how's the construction of the Death Star getting on? The second Death Star? He's like, oh, I think we've got to change the name, etc., etc. He's like, did you manage to solve that problem? <laughs> and he's like, hi, don't worry. Don't worry this time, Empire, we've got that solved. Don't, we're not going to have that that massive uh, air vent this time that you can shoot two things down it. We've, we've solved that problem, don't worry. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, the, 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 like the, the, he's just walking off and then everybody's looking at Darth Vader. It's Darth Vader. And what happens again? They shoot the balls down again. Now. I mean, it's the same stuff. It's like, what is the problem here? Did you yeah. watch Brentford against Chelsea? Against uh, Brentford again, whatever it was, was it against Chelsea or Brent? Anyway, they're basically just passing the ball to the strikers. The strikers are scoring. Modern day football, there's like eight thousand uh, psychologists, million trainers, youth development managers, sports scientists, data analytics, and they pass the ball out to the striker. The striker just scores. I mean, what's the point? What is the point? Oh, anyway, I'm not gonna. It's Friday night. I'm not gonna be gonna go down, eat a lime bar or something. <laughs> Have a beer. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. So you're, 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 was that therapeutic, Michael? Was it? Uh, it was. Yeah. No, no. I needed to get that off my chest. Um, I think we should do. A, do you want to do a politics podcast? Do you want to do one of those? No. Oh uh, no. Then I would really get annoyed and I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. So no, I better <laughs> just lay off that. Um. Well, I, uh, I, uh, I've been emailing Arthur Campbell <laughs> recently. Yeah. This is politics. He says he reads all the emails. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. On the podcast. And this is politics podcast. Alistair Campbell says he reads all the emails. So I was like, right, sod it. So I've started writing up emails. Like, Alistair, how are you doing? Just Did he get back to you? No, no, but he reads them. He said he reads, reads them. So, like, obviously, it's, 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 I'll send them on to you. I'm giving them political points. But I think he's doing good work, you know that way. But yeah. I think we should. Uh, we should, We couldn't. Uh, I think you could run the country, Mikey. To be honest, you and Martin. We, we Martin Holy Henry Gaul- or Martin Kane. Martin Kane with uh, <laughs> with Holy Goalie is the chief whip. Yeah. There's no backbone in Britain just now. I don't know. Ah, oh, they're a disgrace. Absolute. They're a farce. Um, but I just like one last thing then for me. Obviously, on Rangers. <laughs> um, Tears. That I, I mean, it, I was actually shocked. Like, I was shocked at how bad they were. I was I was watching it on my phone while watching something else. You know, like watching something on Netflix in the big screen. And every time I kept opening the BT Sport app, it was like four one, five one, six one. <laughs> it's just like a, a video game or something. Like this is weird. Um, but no, the, the the point. I mean, I actually felt. Weirdly, I didn't feel that satisfied by that result. I thought, I just felt, I felt I was an affront to football, what they did in the second half yeah, there. shameful. And I also, it kind of blew my whole argument away about we're a really good team because we beat the Europa League finalists. You know, like, I'm I'm all into the, le- you know, levels and Rangers must be a good team because they got to the Europa League final. I, I think I'd kind of convinced myself of that and then, you know... Uh, that that one just got totally blown out the water as well. Uh, they're just yeah, but footballs, footballs, football changes so quickly. Like Bassi's getting battered in the Dutch press because he's not a good football player, and so he's dealing with that sort of stuff. I think Frankfurt was three two against Spurs, but my, I mean Rangers have gotten zero, zero, zero players, zero commitment, zero fans. I, like, but, it's do you from, not think theoretically though like if Celtic had a good run in the Europa League mm. I'd be like well we'll be you know it kind of like almost this 
it almost makes me doubt what what's the Coglu's saying about you'll just get better because of your experiences in it. It's like, well, they've got ten times worse despite getting to the European final. So it's kind of shaking. As much as I know it's funny, it's kind of shaking some of my, what my beliefs were about the structure of European football. So yeah, you know what's um, you know what's really interesting is it. Oh geez, was the dogs all killing themselves out there? I'm living in, I'm living in a dog park. No, the, <laughs> the, the, no, it's interesting. Rangers fans are annoyed about the banality of uh, Geo. His interview is after it. So yeah. you know that way when people say that, I, I'm at years prick up. I'm like, like I've listened to loads of Geo's interviews, but Geo's interview after the Rangers Liverpool game is like on point. He's talking about performance levels and he's saying, well, look. If you send the team out and they don't, they lose the performance level and then they don't do the little things that they were supposed to do in the first half that we asked. He says things like, we asked them to do and they didn't do it. He says, at that level, you're going to get punted. Mm. But what he's saying is, he's saying, these players were asked to do this, these things. We asked them, we analysed, we showed them what to do and they're, they're not capable of doing these things. And he's saying it in such a banal way that nobody's listening to him. Yeah. But he's got a different message from Postacoclo. Postacoclo is saying, yeah, we're, we're, we're good enough here. We're at this level, but we're just not scoring our chances. And maybe Postacoclo is correct. But Gio's saying, we got to 45 minutes. Everything was okay. We lost the defender. We asked the players to do the same thing. And then they just came off it slightly. And then we get absolutely smashed. Whereas I, I, I think Gio's kind of, I don't know, like your, 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 your Taverniers and your, your Arfields, they can't, they can't possibly kidding themselves on that they're playing in the Champions League. They, these, Arfield must be like, what am I doing here? I mean, how many, how many people has he carried on to be that Morelos as well? Yeah, Morelos for sure, but you know, again, talking about levels, I mean, wasn't Tavernier the top scorer in the Europa League last year? I, I begrudgingly, I had to start admitting, well, maybe there's something about him as a player. Uh, he's, he's, he's got injured, but I think he's got heavier and he's not tracking back and he's struggling with it. But Morelos, the only thing Morelos did in the game was he, he fell over somebody and then tried to get red carded. It was 7 1 <laughs> up or something, and he's trying to get the guy red carded, and Thiago's looking at him. Tiago's looking at him going, what are you for real? I mean, like, he's like a red card ref. I was the last man. You're like, you'd have to part to run when I last, I mean. And Kevin uh, Thompson on co-coms with Fletch and Maka. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I he, he peaked when he wrote that that article on the Daily Record about the that Rangers team being better than the Lisbon Lions. I don't think... He should never have been allowed out of the house after he wrote that. Never mind on co-coms with Fleck and Macca. What about uh, Alan Hutton? He's like, <laughs> he's, he's Rangers Liverpool select. <laughs> Delude him all, that's what he's on. Uh-huh. Jeez. But, but, Aye. Thing is, but he's, he comes across as quite level-headed character. He, he speaks well. But like, why did he just say, I'm going to pass on this? <laughs> the world doesn't need to see me picking a, this team. But, but that's it. That's it. I mean, he can't be that desperate for money. So whoever came up to him and said, like, I do you want to pick you? Well, why, why would you do that? That's, that's a rubbish idea for an article. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to put my name to that. But also, you shouldn't write that article. Come on. If he is yeah, a yeah, right. like guy, you know what I mean? He was a £9 million player. <laughs> So why is he doing that? Yeah, you're totally right. Like, it's like we're going to put a Celtic, the Celtic Real Madrid team. Joe Miller's like, oh, right, I'll give it a shot. I mean, up front. <laughs> God. Drop like, Benzema. You could actually give Joe the job, Miller, to do a game like 250 quid and just never publish it. <laughs> The taxis you drive off. Well, that was that was good for giggles. I mean, this. <laughs> Give it to MI5 or something like top secret document. Don't ever let this see the light of day. <laughs> Rangers, Rangers, and Liverpool select. <laughs> <laughs> 
he, he put Morelos up front and gave Salah, <laughs> gave Salah second. <laughs> Salah bends for Morelos. No, no, Salah can move out so easy to make way for Morelos. Morelos scored a hat trick, and it, it, it takes longer to listen to Tiny Dancer. Elton John than it does for Salah it's got a hat trick and, and Alan Hutton moved him off to the left hand side so Morelos could get top billing <laughs> even the dogs are barking about it <laughs> the dogs in the street know that that's annoying. that's a shock I know what I mean oh, that's what brilliant a, what a, oh, they just keep Remember Jackson read it and he said the banter years are over. Remember Jackson wrote that and then, and then, and then after like 55 minutes, it was roughly 55 minutes, the camera just flicked round. That was the best marketing campaign in the world. I think if you do like Saatchi and Saatchi and you do all these mar- like the Tory party queuing up for like the, for the, you know what I mean, that, the Saatchi and Saatchi uh, political campaigns to keep Thatcher... Yeah. I think the 55 campaign is probably one of the greatest Marcus campaigns of all time. I think <laughs> when you look back at it, nobody's talking about 55 anymore. Nobody. Because yeah. they know they're toast. And the, the fact is, like, it was like, oh, 55. Even last year, there was Mormons, oh, but 55 was a great year. Never forget 55. A year later, it's irrelevant. But what a marketing campaign. What a marketing campaign to get them at 55. And also, also again, do you think they had to do something to do with COVID as well? <laughs> they sent some boy in the China. <laughs> we, can't, we can't win any games in front of our fans. We need to do something. <laughs> what a campaign and what a strategy that was, eh? <laughs> Oh well, Michael, enjoy your Friday night. Thanks. Cheers, Michael. Right now, we'll catch up next week. Once we don't have Champions League, we'll get League Cup, League Cup yeah. action next week. So maybe we'll get back to normal. Week off, I think, for me. <laughs> A week off. We're gonna lie down somewhere. Yeah. Cheers and thanks, everybody. We've got loads of listeners. I need to move to your cast and do that sort of stuff. Then we'll change the name of the podcast. I just have to sit down and work it out but we'll do it this weekend but I really appreciate everybody listening to us and uh, have a nice weekend watch hopefully the Hibs game and we'll get the League Cup stuff and fingers crossed Ange gets his way and he scores some goals in the Champions League and proves us all wrong and I'll be absolutely over them and delighted do you want to pick your Celtic Real Madrid team here before we go make it <laughs> alright pack it on and goals <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot guys for listening. Thanks Mikey. Cheers. See you later.